Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So this morning we're going to be blessed by what the Lord has given her. She, uh, every once in a while she let me know, I've got a word, I've got a word, I've got a word that God's given us for the congregation. I said, well, you don't have to wait till a special holiday. You don't have to wait. To, just let me know, and we'll get a chance to have that happen, by the way. And so this morning we're going to have Benita come and minister the word of God to us. Let's receive uh, Benita this morning as she comes. Amen. Good morning, family feels weird not to pray for you guys, well, to pray together in the morning. But bless God. How's everybody? Good. Well, let's give a raucous applaud to the Lord because he is worthy. Hey, give him a ridiculous praise. Hallelujah. Give him the sacrifice that is due his name. God, we honor you, God. Father, we glorify you, God. We magnify you, God, because you are God. All by yourself, God. You are not worthy because we praise you, God, but we praise you because you are worthy. Now, Father God, I hide myself behind your cross, Father God. Let every word, God, that comes out of my mouth, Father God, every thought from my mind, be straight from your throne to your people, God. Oh, Father God, give us clarity, God. Oh, God, I come against every distraction, God, every anxiety, God anything that would impede your word from penetrating the hearts. In Jesus' precious name, we pray, and we do call them done. Amen. Amen, Amen house of God. How's everybody? Good? Good, good, good. You know, healed and blessed. Amen. I love that we have little Hudson in the house because this is a message about a baby. Amen. Now, how many of us love uh, the holiday season and Valentine's Day. Does everybody love Valentine's Day? I love love in the atmosphere. And if you were here Friday night, we had a rocking good time. I have to tell you, I am still sore from laughing. It was awesome. But the big takeaway from Friday was how many of us know that our big focus and our push in this house and over pastor and uh, our lives is the next generation. The next generation. All of our efforts, all of our focus, and not that we don't care about us, but you know what? We're done, right? <laughs> Anything that needs to be fixed, we kind of have to, you know, trust God. There's enough word in us. But we need to go after this generation, and we are going hard after this generation and the generations to come. But I love Bible stories. I love Bible stories. And this Bible story is about Yochebed. I love unusual ones. Last week I did uh, Homer and Gomer for um, the Queen's Ministry online, but this week it's about Yochebed. And how many people know who Yochebed was? Anybody know who Yochebed was? All right, all right, all right. You cheated. You were on the line this morning. 
that is my queen sister, Leslie, and I love her so much. Thank you for joining us, as well as Mrs. Alberta's nephew is in the house. Raise your hand, young man, all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Welcome. You are so welcome. Any more visitors in the house I haven't acknowledged? Well, Yochebed was Moses' mother. And I find her such a phenomenal story because we always hear about Moses, right? Everybody knows Moses' story. Moses was the, king, the prince of Egypt, and we've seen him on Disney, and we've seen him everywhere. But how many of us know the story of Jochebed? Because Jochebed's actions saved a generation. Isn't it amazing that one person's actions could save a generation? What's more astounding to me about Jochebed is that she was a woman in a culture that disregarded women. You know, they were not powerful, they didn't have much to say, very little authority, but Jochebed saved a generation. You know, I just sit on that sometime and I think one person, one person's actions saved a generation. Well, we'll go to the Word of God, and I'll give you my reference really quick, and that is Exodus 2, and it says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. Wow. Carrie, how hard would it be to hide Hudson? Pretty hard? Really? You think you could keep him quiet for three months? That's a trial. Really? Really? Think about that. I'm so glad you brought him. He's my tester. <laughs> He's my subject matter. Think about hiding a baby for three months. And why did she hide the baby for three months? We'll go on in scripture. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Amazing. The backdrop for this story is that there was a decree over the lives of the male children in Egypt. The Hebrews, who were slaves, were progressing in numbers and in strength, and they were concerned, Pharaoh, that the Hebrew children could actually join foreign armies and overtake them. And so as cruel as this seems, he made a decree to two midwives, Hebrew midwives, that upon the birth of any male children, that they were to be killed. And these midwives were like, oh no, <laughs> that's not God. We're not doing that. And so they didn't do it. And more male Hebrew children were born. But Pharaoh, full of the devil, right, <laughs> wasn't satisfied and said, you know what, I have another plan. Every male child 
will then be drowned. We will throw them in the river and that will be the end of them. So it was ludicrous to even think that she could hide a baby for three months under those terms, right? And again, consider the story. During this time, it's hard for us to realize what living under a king was like because we've always lived in a democracy. But when you lived under a Pharaoh, his word was absolute law. And if you didn't abide by it, if he thought nothing of killing a baby, he would kill your whole family. So she risked life and limb to save a generation. But the funny thing about it is did she know she was saving a generation? No, she was just doing what mothers do, sacrificing for love, right? But sacrificial love will save a generation. So the first thing that we see that Jacobet did was that she saw. She saw that he was a good child, a beautiful child, scripture says. And the good that um, we see, her thinking of her baby, excuse me while I'm trying to find my notes, uh, thinking of the child is the same good that God used in Genesis to say that the world is good, that he created it and it was good. That is what Jacobet saw in Moses. So first she saw that he was a good child. Now reverting back to saving a generation, what really set my heart on fire for this message is do you know that the suicide rate in LA County for teenagers has exceeded for the first time in history the rate of car accidents? That used to be number one. Now it's suicide. So we have got to go so hard for this generation. We cannot wait, we cannot stop, we cannot hesitate, we cannot make excuses. And what excuses could we have? What excuses did Jacobet have? You know, because understand, all of the mothers didn't save their babies. Think about it. We have only read about one prince of Egypt. Have you heard of another that was found in a bulrush? No, many male children were sacrificed because their mothers didn't see the purposes of God in the life of that child. Amen? Then number two, she hid him. Wow, she hid him. For three months, she hid him. And there is so much in mothers, or this isn't just a message actually for mothers, this is for our generation. Because we have children in the house, right? We have grandchildren. Some of us, Donna and Ron, <laughs> have great-grandchildren, right? Unbelievable, but they have great-grandchildren. You know, so we are impacting generations. So she hid him for three months. In hiding him, she saved his life. So what are we hiding in the hearts of our children? What are we hiding them from? Are they allowed, are they exposed to everything? Do we let them see everything? Do we let them hear everything? Do we let them know everything? Not Jacobin. She hid Moses for three months. Amen? 
And then finally we go into that Jacobet had to be spirit-led because how would she know to create? Now, mind you, this vehicle, this little ark that she created was watertight. Had to be to get in the, in the river. With a three-month-old baby, they're not so tiny. You know, they're a good size, right, and a good weight. And she fixed that reed with bulrushes. Then she pitched it and did asphalt. She created an airtight, water-sealable little structure that would float. Who gave her that? God did. She was spirit-led. Jacobin was spirit-led because God knew that she would be courageous enough, right? That she would be obedient enough, that she would see, that she would save, that she would hide her baby, Moses. And she sacrificed to save a generation. Wow, that's just amazing to me. And then Jacobin was selfless. Because wouldn't it be so easy for her to just think about herself? You know, because think about it. Jacobid had other children. Miriam and Aaron were older than Moses. She had other children. So, no, I'm sorry. Miriam was older than Moses. Aaron was younger than Moses. He was his younger brother, I believe. But she had another child. And she could have thought, you know what? I'm going to let this one go to save the family or to save myself. But she didn't. Jacobed was selfless in saving a generation. And then finally, Jacobed uh, was sacrificial. Wow, doesn't love sacrifice? You know, we know that Moses was a type and shadow of Jesus, right? We know that. Moses spent 40 years in the desert. Jesus spent 40 years in, you know, on the mountaintop fasting in the desert. Moses came to deliver the children of Israel. Jesus came to deliver us. We understand clearly that Moses was a type and shadow of Jesus. But I think the Jacobet is kind of a type and shadow of God. Because think about how selfless it was. It's one thing for her to save her son. I get that. I even get the hiding him part, you know, and... And that, that makes all the sense of the world to me. But then the sacrificial part, because she was giving away a baby that she wouldn't raise. Wow. Carrie, can you imagine hiding Hudson to give him to someone else? You know, that's unthinkable for a lot of us, that she cared so much more about the life of the child than herself. And then finally, the fifth point on Jacobit is that she had to surrender him. She surrendered him. You know, because we go on in scripture to find out that Miriam, Moses' little sister, who was 12 years old at the time, scripture uh, says, the um, um, Jewish research says that she was about 12 years old at this time. And she watched, right? And so then verse 6 says that then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked alongside the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. 
And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, because the sister is watching, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went, the little sister went, and called Jochebed, the child's mother, to nurse him, to nurse her own child. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, and this is verse 9, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child. She's being paid to nurse her own child. That's a deal, right? <laughs> And when the child grew, and when the child grew, so she had a period of time that she had Moses to herself, nursing him and weaning him and everything, right? And I believe that she prayed over him. I just believe that she spoke the word of God over him because how would Moses so, so fall in love with his people that he wasn't raised around? He remembered, I believe, the love of his mother, of his natural mother. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, Pharaoh's daughter's son. And she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Wow, that is just to me a phenomenal story about how love, sacrificial love, can save a generation. You know, it's, it's funny because, you know, Pastor and I are running really pretty hard um, after the youth and, you know, people that know us know that our kids are grown and they're like, well, why are you guys doing what you're doing? And it's like, because God has lit a fire under us for them. You know, I almost feel like uh, yoke a bit, like, you know what, we have to save them. If we don't, who's going to do it, right? Amen. So then finally, I'm going to give five practical life applications that we can use to save our households and a generation or any young people that we influence, anyone, right? All of us are influencers. Number one, to be spirit-led. There is no greater guide than the Holy Spirit. He is our counselor. He's our comforter. He is our intercessor. You know, he instructs us in righteousness. There is no better um, guide, like I said, or counselor than the Holy Spirit. And it's funny, I was telling the queens this morning, I remember this really clearly. <laughs> uh, when my daughter was about six or seven years old, I worked night shift. So when she came home from school, what, every time they come home, 2.30, 3 o'clock, I was barely waking up, and she came in, and she said, you know, greeted me and everything, and, and she, her face was all scratched up and a little bloody. And I thought, well, what happened to you? Oh, I just, you know, I just fell off the playground, and then she ran outside to play with some of her friends. And as I was in the house, I think, doing the dishes, I was like, uh, uh-uh, no. You don't get those kind of scratches from falling on asphalt. So I called her back in and found out that she'd gotten in a fight. And actually, it was a fight she started and got beat up. <laughs> 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 so
So she didn't want to tell me that she started this fact, this fight, and the other little girl waxed her uh, tail. Uh, <laughs> but that was a Holy Spirit, because I still remember that. I was like, how would I have really? That was a Holy Spirit. And those mamas in the room know that the Holy Spirit will tell us things about our children. They can try to hide if they want to. But the Holy Spirit, when we trust him, he will inform us about our kids. Amen. And those children that we have influence over. And then Jacobin, she saw in him that he was a goodly child. Do we see our kids like God sees them? Do we see them? You know, I think it's such a powerful thing when you see parents, you know, like, Ray and Donna, I think they are so amazing with Gia, that they will see her gifting and they'll point her in the area of her gifting and her talents and what she likes to do and what she's really good at. There is nothing like a parent seeing their kids or us seeing a child and pointing them in the direction that God wants them to go, to really see them. You know, and, and in order to see them, we've got to stop. And we've got to be still and we've got to talk to them and say, you know what, what do you want to be? You know, how are you feeling really? You know, what's, what's your struggle at school? And when we stop, kids will really talk to us. I know uh, Pastor and I, we uh, had uh, my grandson for a while when they were here on vacation. And just in the car, we're just talking to him, talking to him. And before long, I found out that he had been in a bullying situation. Didn't know it before, didn't know it. He didn't come right out and say it, but you know, I just kept asking questions and asking questions and found out that he had been bullied um, by somebody for quite a period of time. So you know, I had to take that up, that one up with my daughter. <laughs> but you know what, there's so much to us seeing them, seeing our kids, really, stopping our own schedules and attending to them. And then there's a sacrificial love that is required of us when we want to um, really save a generation. And I know that we see it with Boston Movement and the parents that come out and the grandparents. Marianne comes out and you know what? You are saving a generation. You are saving a generation. And you know what? You come and you're tired come in from work, it's a sacrifice. You could probably be in bed you know, with a remote, but no, you come in. Celsi comes in all the time from work, but you know what, you are saving a generation. You know, we don't even realize it. It's so funny that history happens. We don't even know the history's happening because it's just happening. Life is just happening. We're just living. And you don't know that all the time you are going along and you are sowing seeds. You are sowing seeds. And those seeds are saying, you know what? My mommy values me. She thinks I'm worth it. And that's what that time is saying to this generation. And then Jochebed had to do what we all have to do. And that is that ultimately she sacrificed her son, just like God sacrificed his son. But even in the sacrificing of her son, she had to surrender him. And this was so such a poignant point when the Lord was giving it to me, was that, you know what? 
even though I think Yokebed did all the right things that she could possibly do, she saw the baby, she hid the baby, she saved the baby, you know, she nursed him, and did, I believe she prayed for him and that she spoke life into him. Moses wasn't perfect, right? Moses still murdered somebody. Moses made mistakes. Moses was a man, right? You know, and so many times we think that, you know, mothers in particular, I think, um, feel guilt over decisions that children make. But you know what? God is a perfect parent. Amen? God knows more about parenting than anybody. Does he have perfect children? No. <laughs> Are we perfect? No then we cannot expect that for our children either, that everybody ultimately will have to answer for the decisions they make, everybody. We did, right? And I think that one of the things and one of the points that the Lord gave was, don't be afraid to show our children our scars. Don't be afraid to share our setbacks and our struggles. Because if we don't confront our demons and kill them in our generation, they will go on to live with our children. And so we can, I remember when I was in church growing up, there were some women, and in particular I remember women, that seemed to just float in from heaven. They act like it. They act like they'd never made a mistake. They were just, you know, perfect. And you know what, I think that when we don't show our scars, that we do a disservice to the generation coming behind us. Because if they can't see that we overcame, how can they ever feel that they can overcome? So we cannot be afraid to show our scars. You know, of course we have to do it age appropriately. We don't tell children everything. But as it's appropriate and as the Holy Spirit leads, tell your story. Tell your story. Everybody needs to share their story. You know, like the old song says, my soul looks back and wonders how I got over. They need to know how you got over. You know, it must have been Jesus. It must have been sweet Jesus by my side. It's so amazing. I um, was at the Proverbs 31 woman award ceremony and had the opportunity to share and there was a little 88 year old lady that grabbed me when I walked off the stage and she said honey don't ever ever stop sharing your story because it ministers and I never really thought about it because I thought everybody has a story but we can't ever stop sharing where God's brought us from so that when people see us all made up or whatever that they won't think that they can't be us you know, because absolutely every single baby, every single person, God has placed in purpose. Amen? And then uh, <clears throat> finally, Yochebed, uh, one of the principles that we can use that Yochebed did is that she surrendered him. She surrendered him. And having grown children, if we're in the room, any parents are in the room, I know my mother in love knows, you know what, you have to surrender your children. There comes a moment when you are not the determiner of their life. You are not the determining factor. You can no longer make them do stuff. <laughs> you know, we can consult with them. They can consult with us, that we can influence them. And for sure, we never stop praying for them. 
but we are not the determining factor. We have to give them back to God with arms wide open and remember that, you know what, we're stewards over them. We don't own them. They come to us and through us for his purposes. And I think that's one of the hardest things for moms <laughs> in particular to get. You know, it was for me. It was for me for the longest time I felt like my daughter was my daughter. I did. And I was like, God, but my daughter, but my daughter, you know, but this. And God's like, she belongs to me. She belongs to me. And I know how to take care of what belongs to me. So on that note, family, I am going to be closing. Those, those are my little five points. Uh, that was part one. You can stay for part two. That'll go for another half hour. Just kidding. <laughs> you know, I don't have any of me like pastor. Pastor is running up and down the aisle and laying down and <laughs> doing jumping jacks. <laughs> but uh, I am so honored to be able to share this with you. But we are finally so in love with how Boston Movement is changing the culture in the house on Friday night. Our young people are so excited. I, our parents are excited. We're excited. There is just a fresh move of the spirit. So again, uh, we're now into like one month. So it's probably too late for them to start this session. But if you know of any young people in the area, they of course don't have to go to our church, send them to Boston Movement. We spend a full hour for 32 weeks just pouring into them with so much fun and so much focus. But that's the end of my commercial. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.